one of the major troubles that faces people and organizations in the modern world is that of leadership. It's such a dilemma that in fact, the Harvard Business Review found that between 2014 and 2018, 58% of all American workers stated that a lack of correct leadership was a reason that they are either going to leave their job or have previously left a post. Another study conducted by the Federation of Global Studies in 2017 found that 79% of Western workers stated that a lack of praise was the reason that they decided to find work elsewhere. But leadership goes so much further than that. It goes so much further than just merely what we look for at our place of business. Leadership directly correlates into relationships, both romantic and community-based, as well as leadership crossing over into activities, hobbies, and it's so powerful. And in fact, a study conducted into employment at the FTSE 100 companies, it found that the ability to lead a team was number two on their list of qualities, which fell only 4% behind intelligence. It was Dwight D. Eisenhower that said that leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because he wants to do it. I'm going to bring in my co-host, serial entrepreneur, Mr. Lewis Renielchik. It's a big topic. Leadership. What does it mean to you? Well, I want to start off by saying I absolutely love this question. Because the term leadership often gets confused with titles. If someone becomes a senior executive, for example, in an organisation, they're often viewed as a leader. However, having that title does not mean you're automatically a leader. It does not equate leadership. Hopefully, it'll be found there, but that is not a guarantee that you'll suddenly become a leader because you've been given a title. The same can be said when you use sports for an example. There's a difference between being a sports coach or being a leader of men. There's such a stark contrast between what a manager is, in the workplace even, and what a leader of an operation is. Leadership has nothing to do with personal attributes. When people think of the word leader, they think of a domineering, take charge, charismatic individual. We often think of historical figures like Winston Churchill or President Lincoln. But leadership isn't an adjective. We don't need an extroverted, charismatic traits to be able to have leadership. And those that do have those charismatic traits don't automatically lead. To me then, leadership means a true sense of social influence that multiply the efforts of others in pursuit of a shared goal. Wow, that was pretty powerful. <laughs> I was reading a book by Jack Welch and it was called The Real Life MBA. And he said in this book that everybody wants to be a CEO. They want to be a CFO. He said, but leadership is dependent on you becoming a CMO. 
which is a chief meaningful officer because leadership is all about finding out your vision first and foremost and then inspiring those around you to first of all believe your vision that is the number one thing in which you can do people have to share your vision for the future and remember that leadership is not an opinion it's an act how you behave is leadership management is about telling someone to do something leadership is about doing something and then getting other people to follow your example let me ask you another question about leadership what would you say are the most vital traits that a leader just simply must have well there's there are so many and and i've done my best to to boil them down to my top keys to being a true leader now my first key is that a leader must have their own clear vision A good leader can't rely on building the vision of others. They must be a thinker. And more importantly, they must be able to communicate and delegate that vision. My second key is decision-making. The best leaders are the kind of people that people turn to with confidence when they need direction. Someone that people have faith in to take their word as almost gospel at times. A good formula to describe a good decision maker is QCAT. Quick, committed, analytical, thoughtful. Wow, wow. <laughs> My third key is, a, is an obvious one, it's passion. Whether it's a business, sport, or any field, passion is directly affected by what has trickled down from the top as a collective. If you're not passionate about your cause, how are you gonna expect your followers to be? So if you take being a CEO, for example, collectively as a company, you want to perform well. You want people to believe in what you're doing. That has to be a direct trickle-down effect from the top. If the person running the show isn't passionate, then how are the people below them, how are the people following them supposed to be, supposed to have that passion bursting out of them? Now my last key, arguably my most important key to being a good leader, It's character. Without this key, the rest are completely worthless. The greatest leaders of all time have taken action on learning and developing their personality and how to use this effectively in their leadership styles. Think of some of these figures. Winston Churchill, LeBron James, Sir Alex Ferguson. If anybody who knows any of these leaders were to write a list of their distinct personality traits. Most of those people would have the exact same answers. And those are my keys to great leadership. Very interesting. I'm gonna add one to that list. And I think that when I've studied great leaders and I've studied leadership, I think that there's just one thing that just seems to overarch into all of them. And that is expectancy. In psychology, they have a theory called expectancy theory. And that basically, however you expect people to act directly correlates to how you treat them. And this, in order, it correlates to how they actually be. And almost all the time, people will live up to the image that you have of them. And I think that a lot of 
well, almost all leaders, they truly believe that people are going to act in the way in which they want them to. Whereas managers, they seem to be so cynical in their belief and they have a real negative approach to things. I think that having this expectancy that almost people are going to live up to your standard, that people are going to be their best, giving them that autonomy to press on and go and do all the things in which you expect of them. I think that it's just such a major key in business leadership's relationship. So that would be my tip for that. I'm going to move on from there and I'm going to ask you, as I just mentioned, management. What do you think is the difference between a manager and a leader? Well, I think it's a, it's a fascinating topic because most people, they don't, they don't draw the connections. They don't realize that there even is a difference. But when you start to think about it, when you ask yourself, ask yourself this question at home listening now, the answers are so obvious. We just never think about them. The main difference for me is that simply a manager has people who work for them. A leader has people who follow them. A manager is someone you take orders from. A leader is someone you look to for guidance. A manager will get what they need out of you, which has limits. Whereas a leader aims to unlock your full potential. Now I touched on it earlier, but leaders create a vision. Managers create goals. Managers are set to maintain a status quo and a certain standard. Whereas leaders are always looking to innovate. They're always looking to create. They're always looking for change. Managers will control risk. Leaders will take them. Most importantly, managers are carbon copies of one another cookie cutter-esque whereas a leader every single one is unique what i love about leadership is well in a typical organization and when it's done correctly is that they see a person's journey as transformational this this i read um articles by bernard bass who developed this theory the theory is based around this idea of transformational leadership. This is a real long-term, it's, it's messy at times, it accepts that people have flaws, but it, but it puts faith in people that all of us can truly self-actualize and reach our full potential within an organization. And I think that it's so beautiful. And I actually think that in my own life, that one of the reasons why I struggle to fit in in an organizational setting is because the whole micromanaging idea, the whole, um, you know, the whole do this, do that, do this, don't make any mistakes along the way. I just, it just doesn't resonate with me. I don't believe that it's an effective strategy. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that management, it's not, it's not a natural business idea. When you think about management, remember this, Management was created during an industrial time. It works very well in mechanistic, almost robotic-like settings where you don't need any creativity. You don't need any passion. You don't need any enthusiasm. But businesses are going away from that. We're moving towards the digital year. We're moving towards the information age. And now money is no longer in industries and factories. What money is in now is in ideas. It's in creativity. Your ability to connect with the world, that's where your value lies. So 
I tr- I truly do believe that management sooner or later is going to be redundant. And I'm saying that right now. And I've truly felt like this. I've never actually voiced it on, on here, but I'm going to say right now. I truly believe that this idea of management, of micromanaging, is, is completely ineffective. And remember this, is that human beings in a workplace setting, they desire five things. And I'm going to tell you what they are right now. The first is money. We obviously need enough money, you know, to live. The second is mastery. We need to feel as if we are perfecting our crafts or if we're not perfecting them, we're getting better and better at them each day. Then you have autonomy. We need to feel like we have the space and the independence to grow in ourselves and then to go and pursue our goals and our dreams without judgment. The next is meaning. We need to believe that the work in which we do matters. And then the last one is appreciation. Appreciation that what you are doing is getting recognized. That people above you and around you, they see the work that you're doing and that it makes you feel good. It gives you that dopamine spike from the praise. And I read the book by Jack Welch and he said that if people get between four to five of these things, then that's when we start to operate at real, real high levels. People typically settle for about three of these things. Usually money is the biggest driving one. And I think this is what negatively correlates with the ideas that managers seem to have, where they just have an innate belief that people are only money motivated, which is just, which is just ridiculous. And then it showed that people with only two of these things typically stay in a job for about two years, two to three years. And then someone with only one of these things stayed in a job for about 30 days on average. I think that is so powerful. And I think, and that the research certainly suggests that if you're a business owner, if you were a leader, that the most effective way for you to govern a business is by seeing an employee's time with you as a journey. To truly believe that they can self-actualize in their their role, they can be their best. If you hold them to a standard and you truly expect them to live up to it, and you also live up to it yourself. You know, don't be the guy that tells people what to do, but then doesn't do it themselves. Because people recognize this. They they know when you are actually doing what you say that you're going to do. So there's such a huge difference between a manager and a leader. So Lewis, let me bring you back in. The next question I'm going to ask you is, what are the beliefs of good leadership? Right, I think that's a perfect follow-on question, as I think with the difference between managers and leaders is that managers don't really have their own set of beliefs. They're given a set of beliefs. Hmm. Um, I think one of the core beliefs of exceptional leadership is that motivation comes from vision rather from fear. Now there's a man called oh, J- wow. there's a man called James Jeffrey who did an investigation surveying and interviewing mass amounts of the most successful leaders in business and he came to the conclusion that average bosses, who you probably couldn't consider a true leader, see fear of getting fired, of ridicule, of loss of privilege as a crucial way to motivate people. As a result, Employees and managers alike 
become paralyzed and unable to make risky decisions. However, he deduced that extraordinary leadership and extraordinary leaders inspire people to be bet to see a better future and how they'll be a part of it. As a result, employees work harder because they believe in the organization's goals and truly enjoy and truly enjoy what they're doing. And of course, they know they'll share in the rewards. The second belief that I think is another common one amongst true leaders is the change equals growth, not pain. Average leaders and managers and bosses see change as both complicated and threatening. Something to be endured only when a firm is in desperate shape, for example. Extraordinary leaders, however, see change as an inevitable part of life. While they don't value change for its own sake, they know that success is only possible if employees and organizations embrace new ideas and new ways of doing business. We, as aspiring leaders then, can understand that change is not something to fear, but something to embrace and use to innovate, progress and inspire. Wow, <laughs> what a great answer. Yeah, I completely agree with a lot of stuff that you said, Billy. One thing that I just want to follow up on is that if you were a leader, if you see yourself as someone that wants to become one, I think that a major part is that recognizing that growth is a journey. People make mistakes and management just, it just hates mistakes. It doesn't, it doesn't recognize that that's how people learn. You know, we, we learn to walk by first falling over. You'll never meet a professional golfer that's never lost a golf ball, you know. So let me ask you, what leaders do you currently look up to? Leaders that I look up to. Now, when I say this name, you might, you might laugh, you might think it's a silly answer, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk you through it. Now, I know a lot of people out there are familiar with the world of professional wrestling. And obviously the WWE is something that dominates that industry. And for a long time, a man named Vince McMahon run everything to do with the operation. However, in recent years, someone you'll know by the name of Triple H has had a massive part in transcending what that is. Now, Vince McMahon run things a certain way, used fear as a motivator at times. But with this change in personnel, there's been so many new ideas. For example, the introduction of technology, they've changed their business model. Instead of buying pay-per-views every month, you pay a much cheaper subscription-based service. Talent is brought in from all areas in the world, whereas it was originally brought in from a small pool in the United States of America. People are being celebrated for their different shapes, their different sizes, their different abilities, what they bring. Diversity is being celebrated and I think that is truly inspiring and, and therefore a leader that I look up to. Now, I want to I wanna bounce that question right back at you. Um, there are many leaders out there that I'm sure we both look up to, but what one springs to mind? One leader that I'm a huge fan of is Vishen Lakiani, who runs Mind Valley University, enormously successful entrepreneur. I was just reading his book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, and how that man governs not just his life, but 
his business, how he treats people. I think that it's, it's exemplary. And in his book, he talks about how he doesn't hold anyone to a lesser standard than him. But at the same time, that he always puts himself first. And something that he said in his book is that if he believes that his business is going downhill, he never looks at other people. He ne- he always looks at himself first and then the environment around him. I think that that's so beautiful. So we can derive from this that leadership is not an opinion, it's an action. Management is just about telling someone to do something. Leadership is actually doing it. And I love that example you gave there because it just highlights that leadership is growth mindset oriented. It's constantly evolving. It's always looking to get better. It's not stagnating. Leadership is pathfinding. Management is path following. So let me bring you on to the last question, Lewis. I think this has been incredible so far. The last question is, what are the difficulties of being a leader? Well, I mean, leadership comes with its own baggage it is a massive massive responsibility as you are not just making decisions and actions for your own personal growth but for as a collective now the first bit i want to talk about is that unlike managers leaders they walk a very fine line between being someone's boss as well as their peer so there's often a difficulty of keeping that sense of authority above everything while straying true to their character and remaining likable and respectable to their followers. Now, someone who springs to mind straight away, and and again, a big motivator and a big inspiration for me from a leadership perspective is um, a young man called Ben Francis, obviously the founder of of Gymshark, one of the fastest growing brands uh, in the United Kingdom, if not the world. Now, the way he runs his business is he is no one's boss. I mean, like you, you, you said earlier, I want to bring you back, you said that management is something of the past and we're eventually moving away from that. And that is something I think they do very well at Gymshark. Now, I know someone, a friend of mine who works at Gymshark and, and he describes it as he doesn't feel like he's going to work. And whenever Ben Francis has, has come into the to HQ, that he's not intimidating. No one is scared of him coming in. Yeah. I mean, I've been in workplaces before where people say, oh, the boss is coming in tomorrow. I'm so scared. We need to get yeah. everything perfect. When Ben Francis walks into the room, he treats everyone like like they treat each other. Mm. And I think that is, again, a, a very difficult thing to do when, when you are the head of that business at the end of the day. Now, another thing that, another difficulty that comes with leadership is the pressure when the chips are down. Being able to take a step back from impulsive and emotional reactions and making a decision in the interest of a collective of people. Being the beacon of hope, being being the go-to when, when people need a sense of direction, I think that is a massive pressure. And off, at times, that can lead to bad decision-making. So to be a innovator, to be a thinker, to be a good decision-maker in those, in those heated moments where you're the fall guy, if you make the right decision, you're the hero. If you make the bad decision, it's all on you. Now, that is a real difficulty when people are taking your word as gospel. Another difficulty is in the meeting of expectations of your team. As everyone under your supervision 
will have high expectations of you, either personal or towards the corporation and their professional future. The key is being a good man manager here. Like a sports team, for example, you have to focus on each person's needs as well as the global objectives of your team. And that is something that is extremely difficult to balance and something I respect so much when it's done right. What I think that you said, Billy, which really resonated with me about the difficulties which people face, I think that a major thing is someone's mindset is because you can take all leadership principles, you can study them, but if you don't actually have the belief that you know, you are a leader, then you're never going to get past the first hurdle. And I'm here to tell you today that leadership is not something that you were born with. You don't have to be introverted or extroverted. Leadership doesn't care whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. It does not care. Leadership is action-orientated. It cares about what you do, what your principles are, and how you impact others. What is your ability to motivate? What is your ability to inspire? This, these are things that it cares about. And these are all things which you can learn. Guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of Leadership. However, we are going to be back to revisit this topic. We are experimenting at the minute with various times of podcasts. We've had good feedback about the longer episodes, but the shorter ones also seem to have sparked some interest. So please let us know what you guys prefer. I just want to say as well, a massive thank you. We've just hit eight five-star reviews on, on iTunes. That really and truly means a lot to us. I'm going to bring Lewis in. Now, what I wanted to say was, obviously, this is episode seven of Freedom Pact. And as Joe said, we've done a lot of long episodes, which means that some of our, as we bring in new episodes, some of our older episodes will disappear from the iTunes store. So if you have missed any of those first, those second, third episodes that may disappear in, in recent weeks, then please do go to YouTube and catch up because you get a whole back catalogue of episodes on there. And then be sure to subscribe on iTunes for the new releases. Guys, also I just want to say is that if any of you have any questions about leadership or any topics which we've covered so far, then please email us, freedompact at gmail.com or also contact us on Instagram, uh, Freedom Pact. We've had such incredible questions so far, very challenging. And we just want to help you guys. We want to give back. We want to inspire. We want to take our knowledge, our passion, and our research and help you guys progress in any way we can. And also, as always, we hope that you follow us on our journey. We will see you again for the next episode. Thank you, guys.